Genesis chapter 2. All right, we're gonna, I'm going to tell you where we're going. I'm going to tell you what, what our plans are. But then I'm going to actually give you a few minutes uh, to do something for me. Does, does, somebody, does everybody have something they can write on, whether it's notes in their phone or a piece of paper or something that they can work on here? Anybody need something? You don't have a notebook or a phone? My goodness. Somebody can share a piece of paper with them if they've got a piece of paper and a pen. All right. Well, I'm excited for this semester. I'm excited for all that God has got in store for us uh, this semester. Uh, as I interact with you guys and as you talk with your leaders, we get a lot of questions, which is great. I'm so glad you guys like to ask questions. You ask us questions about all kinds of things, whether it's uh, about specific things in God's word or about uh, relationships, how to relate to one another, uh, or it could be about culture or music or uh, what it looks like to be in the world and not of it. You ask a lot, a lot of good questions. But one of, the, uh, one of the topics that comes up most in my discussions with you and uh, as I even talk with our leaders uh, is this idea of authority. So it might be phrased around a question of how do I submit to, to my parents when I disagree with them? Or it might be phrased around with, you know, um, it might be in the form of a question. What gives you the right to tell me what to do? Uh, it could be around just a simple question in group time. Like, what am I supposed to do in this situation? Where do I find answers for this? But all of this is about what's authority. Who gets to say what happens in my life? What decides on how I interact with one another or interact with the world or interact even with uh, God's word? And so what we're going to do over the next three weeks is we're going to spend some time talking about this idea of authority. Where does it come from? Is it a good thing? Are there bad kinds of authority? And what does it look like for us as Christians, if you're a Christian in here, what does it look like for us to submit to authority. Now, when you think of uh, authority, what are some kinds of people in your life that you automatically think of when I say authority? Just shout them out. Parents. Parents. Me. Yes. What else? The law. The law. Police. Yeah. What else? Boss, if you got a job. Teachers. Anybody else? Pastors. Older siblings, if they've been given authority over you. All of these are great examples of authority. So what I want to do right now is I want to give you about three minutes. And in your notebook or in your notes on your phone, I want you to list as many things that you can think of that remind you of authority. What I mean by that is it could be good things about the idea of authority. It could be bad things about the authority. It could be people that you think of as authorities in your life, people that you wish weren't authorities in your life. I just want you to spend three minutes just writing or typing down as many things that come to mind when you think of the word authority. Is that clear? What am I asking you to do? Write down things about authority. All right, get to work. In your phone, on, your, on a piece of paper, I just want you to make as, uh, as large a list as possible, good, bad, ugly, whatever comes to your mind when you think of authority. I'll give you three minutes. All right. Uh, don't give me any names. <laughs> but
But tell me some things that made it onto your list, whether it's just ways that authority shows up in your life or whatever. Just, just, just shout out some things that you think are appropriate to share with the group. We're at the bottom of the food chain. Bottom of the food chain. Okay. Power. Good. You guys all have the same too. Submission. Bad politicians. Good. Say it again. Judgment. Okay. Responsibility. Expectations. Two paths. Keep coming. Leader. Is that what I heard? Leader. Freedom. Obedience. Great. Anybody else got a good one? Consequences. Mentoring. Humbly or humility. Appearance. Somebody say. Oh, adherence. So adhering to rules. Anything else? Go ahead. Sovereignty. Good. Superior. Great. These are all great examples of things that come to mind when we think of authority. Things that come to mind when we think of this, this world word I, uh, authority. Now, I was going to title this first one. I decided not to. I was going to title it, Authority is Not a Four-Letter Word. What I, mean, what I mean by that is authority is not a bad thing in and of itself. I feel like authority has got a bad rap at this point in our culture. And it might have for, for a long time. But authority has gotten this kind of negative connotation. When we hear authority, we cringe. When we hear about power or authority, we, we don't like it. We automatically think of those places in our lives where we feel like we're being wronged, judged, forced to submit when we don't think we should. We think about all of those things when we think of the word authority. Well, what I want to show you just quickly tonight is I want to show you that authority is a good thing. Now, that doesn't mean all uses of authority are a good thing, but authority is a good thing in and of itself. And I want to show you, give you just a little bit of a framework as we head into the next two weeks and talk about what does it look like to submit, what does it look like to appeal, what does it look like to submit to the Lord in all things. That's what we're going to talk about. And so tonight I want to just give us a little bit of a framework for authority, and I want to try to redeem this word authority. Bring it back to remind us of it can be a good thing. It can be a proper thing. Now, I just made a quick short list of some things that I've heard or some things that I've even thought myself as I was growing up when it comes to authority. So when it comes to my parents, I might say things like, why can't I have any fun? You're just a fun sucker. Why do you control my life? I know you guys have never thought these things. I know this is just me. How do you know what's best for me? Or maybe even just, why did God make so many rules? Why did God set so many rules? I'm not going to make you raise your hand if this is you. But I know for a, I don't know if I can say for a fact, but I have a pretty good idea that many of us struggle with submitting to authorities. Now, It might not be every authority in your life. There's probably some authorities in your life that you joyfully submit to. But I can guarantee you there are authorities in our life that we need to grow in how we submit to them. 
So let's do this. We're going to start in Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to get you caught up just really quickly here. Uh, This is the creation account, right? So you've read this probably many times. God created the world. We've talked about this so many times, but as the creator, that means he's the boss. It means he's in charge. By nature of being the creator, that means he is the authority. But I want to show you kind of here in this text, just really quickly, how God uses his authority. And I want to help you see the first point tonight, that authority is for your own good. All right? Authority is for your own good. So let's just go Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to read verse 15 and 16. It says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it, You shall surely die. You shall surely die. Authority here is a good thing. God gave man purpose. He gave man a good job. He told him to work, to care for the garden. This is another thing we should probably do at some point in time, a series on work. But work is a good thing. The curse has twisted it. Because of sin, it's hard for us. Actually, we're probably going to talk about that in this next series. But it's a good thing. We see God's authority come through the text here when he specifically says, go work and keep it. But we also see kind of the first set of parameters for God's people. Does anybody want to take a stab at why this rule or this parameter that's laid out in verse six or 17 is a good thing for mankind. Okay, great. It's protecting them from something that could harm them. At the, ver- at the end of verse 17, what, what does it say will happen if mankind eats of this specific tree that they were warned not to eat of? What does it say? They will die. We will die. Authority here in Genesis 2 is a loving care for its people. God is kind of wrapping his people in his kind of loving embrace and saying, I have given you all this that is so, so good. But there's one thing I need to warn you about. It's not good for you. It will harm you. So please don't do this. So once again, this is not God being the ultimate cosmic killjoy. This is not God being that fun sucker, as we talked about. This is God saying, I love you. I know what's best for you. Don't do it. Let me bring this kind of to a modern day example. So I have three kids. Tabitha's pregnant with our fourth. We're due in June. Uh, I have three kids that right now are in my care that I set parameters for, that I give them, I, I give them rules. Um, let's say I owned a sweet uh, truck like Bill Chateau's, and we're driving through. Let's say even tonight we're driving uh, on the road that's a little bit icy, 
And Daniel asked me, Daddy, can I ride in the back of the truck? So if I was the cool dad, right? If I'm the cool dad, I say, yeah, do whatever you want. Sweet. But the loving dad in that moment says, not, t- not tonight, buddy. I love you. It's dangerous. We got to go a ways. I don't want you to do that. So that's a rule. In that moment, do you think Daniel's thinking, okay, dad, you know what's best. Or do you think he's thinking, man, you just killed my fun, dad. What do you think he's thinking? He's five years old, keep in mind. He's thinking, I really want to do this. I really want to do this. And my dad won't let me. Or let's say, um, so we've got a, uh, a deck on, our back, uh, on the back of our house. Uh, I can barely call it a deck because it's like three feet by three feet. Uh, and it is falling apart. Uh, we're hoping to tear it down in the next couple of years and build a big deck. But at this point in time, there are nails that kind of come out of it at weird angles. There are uh, boards that are like supposed to stand like this, that are standing like this. It's, it's a mess. What if all three of my kids really wanted to go play around and just jump out on that deck? I, as a dad, if I love my kids, would probably say that's not a good idea. That's not a good idea. And it's not because I don't want you to have any fun because there's all these toys in your bedroom. There's all these things that I do that, that I know you have fun with. We get to watch fun movies. We get to do fun things. It's not that I don't want you to have any fun. It's that I love you. And I know this won't be good for you. So in that moment, the loving dad in me says, this is not good. I'm exercising authority. Am I I exercising authority in that moment? Yes. That was weak. Am I exercising authority? Yes. Yes, I am. Do my kids probably think that they're going to have more fun if they could just go jump out and mess around on the deck? Yeah. But I know what's out there. I know the condition of the deck. I know what harm could come to them. So I say, not yet. When we build a new deck, when all the nails don't stick out of the wood, when it doesn't lean, then you'll get to play. And we'll have a, we'll have a blast. So a loving authority puts parameters around his people, his kids, his students, whatever you want to say. Because he loves you, because they love you, and they want the best things for you. So we see in this text where where God has kind of stepped into this world that he's created, and he says, this is not good for you. This is not good for you. Authority is for your good. When it's used rightly, when it's used appropriately, it is for your good. Now, who has ever experienced authority when it might have been used sinfully? Anybody? Nobody. Sweet. You can stick your hand up. Yeah. We have experienced poor uses of authority. But just because it's been misused in some places, does that make it always wrong? Just because we've been mistreated by a teacher, because maybe we are a Christian or maybe because they just don't like us. I've had teachers that just don't like me. Just straight up, I don't know what I did. I don't know what I said. I I do my homework. They just don't like me. 
And sometimes that come back to bite me in the butt. <laughs> sometimes I get worse grades on things. Sometimes I get less participation points, whatever it is. I've been on the wrong end of that. Authority, though, by nature, especially when we're referring to God, authority is a good thing. It's because of the world and what we see that we unfortunately label it as bad. Label it as bad. All right, so that's the first thing. Authority by nature is good. It can be bad, but there are so many, so many, so many good authorities in your life. And we'll talk about those in the next couple of weeks. Number two, I want you to see this. Rebellion What's rebellion? Anybody, can anybody define rebellion without using rebel? <laughs> Defying the authority, refusing to submit to authority. Rebellion is the ultimate root of sin. Rebellion is the ultimate root of sin. What do you think that means? Because sin is rebellion. I, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. That, that's, that's basically it. So since sin is transgressing against God, it's uh, not living according to God's word, it's not uh, living according to his precepts for us, every time we sin, we are rebelling against the authority of God. Every time we rebel against our parents... Our teachers, our boss, we are rebelling against a holy God. Yeah. It's a good question. I think it depends on the context. So uh, we see in scripture, and we'll talk about this some more in the future, uh, but we see in context of scripture there are times where they rebel against authority because the authority is uh, telling them they have to sin. Have to rebel against God. So that's not necessarily uh, sin at that point in time. So we're going to definitely talk about that. It's a great question. But here's my concern with that question. Is 99% of the time your rebellion is sin. Not the 0.8% of the time that we're going to, you know, that it's legitimate. But you'll bring that question up or we'll bring that question up as, well, what about this? Well, what about that? You're right. There are extenuating circumstances. But 99% of the time, our rebellion is a sin against God and a sin against the authority God has placed over top of us. We're going to talk about that some more though, okay? In the next couple of weeks. Because there are proper times to not do what we're being told, um, just depending on the situation. But rebellion is the ultimate root of sin. So let's go ahead and look at Genesis 3. So just, you might not even have to turn anywhere. You may have to turn a page. Genesis 3, verses 4 through 6. So we know, we know this, the account uh, that God gave this rule, this precept, this uh, idea to govern Adam and Eve. They lived according to it for just a short time. And then the serpent came along and said, hey, I've got a better idea. Did God really say that? He didn't really mean that, did he? And so then we get to verse 4 through 6. So the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, 
and that it was a delight to the, to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit, and she ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. All right. So what was God's kind of one functioning rule over the Garden of Eden other than go and work, t- you know, take care of the land? What was the one, one rule? You got it. Don't eat from one tree. One tree. One tree. So when Satan comes along and just starts to question the character of God or question whether God really was telling the truth. I think it's interesting that he comes and questions. He doesn't just come and blatantly just straight up lie all the time, but he just says, you will not surely die. Did God really say that? Did God really mean that? So here in this moment, we see, we see Satan and we see Adam and Eve. And what is Adam and Eve's response to the authority of God in the garden? Was it submission and obedience and adherence? No, what was it? It was rebellion. They said, you know what? Maybe we'll do life a little bit differently, God. I know... I know you said we shouldn't, but I think we might have a better idea. Questioning the authority of God and acting out and rebelling against God. From that point on till now and and then moving forward, every sin that will be committed until the end of time is rebellion. At its root is rebellion. Rebellion. You flip over one more chapter, you've got Cain and Abel. You've got Cain uh, who kills his brother because he was not happy that the Lord had regard for uh, Abel's sacrifice and not his own. He was angry and he killed his brother. That was rebellion against God. If you fast forward it to today, your parents tell you to do something. Maybe it's Uh, We'd rather you not hang out with this person. We'd rather you not go see this movie. Or just don't leave your socks in the living room. I don't know what it is. You laugh because that's you, right? (laughs) No matter, whatever it is. In that moment, you have a choice. How will I respond to the authority that God has placed in my life? Now, I know there's a wealth of experiences that can happen in that moment. We can, we can, okay, mom and dad, all right, I'll do it, or I won't do it, or whatever. We could do it with, a, with just a nasty attitude, or we could just straight up blow them off, right? Say, you know what, they don't really know the situation. They don't really understand. They're not me. I know best. And you can rebel. Every sin you can think of. Pornography is rebelling against God and his parameters for sexuality for you and for me. Sex before marriage, same thing. I don't know, I don't don't care what it is, you name a sin, it's rebellion against God. And very often it carries with it rebellion against authorities that God has placed over you in this life. It's rebellion. 
At the end of the day, you and I, when we rebel, we are saying to God, I know what's best for me. You don't. I know what I want. I'm going to go and get it. That's rebellion. And really, so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about Rebellion kind of on a horizontal level with the people in this world. And we're going to talk about it on a vertical level. And we'll, we'll flesh some of this stuff out. I'm not, my goal is not here to just sit and pound you over the head with all these ways that we mess up. I hope to help you see that number one, authority is a good thing. But I also want you to see the gravity of your ongoing rebellion in this world. But then I also want you to see number three here, that proper submission to authority is the root of all righteousness. Proper submission to authority is the root of all righteousness. This all started with a man we named, or that is called Jesus Christ. What I mean by that, and you guys know the the gospel, you've heard it from me and from your parents probably, that Christ came, obedient to the Father, lived a perfect life. So when we say without sin, we mean without rebellion. Walked to the cross, died on the cross, rose again, all the time living in perfect obedience to the Father. And through that act has made salvation available for you and for me. His perfect obedience is the root for all of our righteousness. But what that then means is if we are gospel people, if we are people who have been given the blood of Jesus Christ, if we've been made new, that proper submission to authority is how we live out that righteousness. In our lives, in your life, and in mine. If you love Jesus, you will be growing to be more submissive to the authorities in your life. I can tell a mature student by how they talk and treat their parents. I can tell a mature student by how they interact with their leader on Sunday nights. I can tell a student who loves Jesus by how they get involved in a church and how they submit to the authority of the church. I can tell a mature student by how they talk about their teachers, by how they talk about their boss. A mature Christian lives out the righteousness Christ has given him, not perfectly, But you're growing to be more like Christ every day. And how did Christ submit? He submitted perfectly to the Father. Perfectly to the Father. So why are we going to call it the choice? Why do we even bother? Because each one of you are faced with hundreds of choices every day. The choice is not simply, is there authority or not? Because whether you choose to recognize it or not, there is authority in your life and there's God-placed authority in your life. 
The choice is not whether you will recognize it. The choice is actually how will you interact with it. Are you going to submit to it or not? Are you going to respect it or not? That is the choice that you have. That is the choice that sits before you, sits before me, it sits before your leaders. We are still under authority too. Your parents are still under authority too. We as Christians, if you're a Christian today, our response to the beauty of the gospel is to submit to authority. Even when it hurts, even when you don't want to. We'll talk about what do you do if they're asking you to sin. We'll talk about that. But as I said, 99.9% of the time, that's not the issue at stake here. The issue at stake is you don't want to submit. I don't like submitting. I go into meetings on a weekly basis where I sit with some of my superiors here in the church. And very often the meetings go well and I kind of get what I want, or we talk about things in a good way. Sometimes I'm told something to do that I don't really want to do. But I've got a choice in that moment to, to submit and to submit joyfully to my leadership. And I don't always do it perfectly, but I hope and pray that as I love Jesus more, that I will also submit more fully to leadership. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you just a, uh, three Three quick questions to journal over for the next three to five minutes. Then you're going to head to group time and there's a few different scriptures that your leaders are going to have you, have you read. Because we really haven't dove deeply into the text yet. We've not spent uh, you know, hours in the scripture. We're going to spend some more time in the next couple of weeks. But I want you to look at scripture and see what it says about authority in your life. Do we have those three questions ready or do I need to read them? Why don't you pop them up there? Here's the three questions for you. Write them down, and I'll give you a few minutes. I'm not going to put any music on. Just spend some time thinking about these. If you're a believer or not, it doesn't matter. Think about these questions so you can contribute in your group time. All right, take a few minutes.
right, let me just kind of close with this. Uh, the reason we want to talk about this is not because I just want to be the guy that tells you there's one more thing you've got to do. If that's what I do in kind of these times, day in and day out, week in and week out, then I've failed you guys. But what I want you to see, there's a lot of you in here that say you're Christians. And I'm, and I'm glad. There are probably a lot of you in here who are Christians. But your Christianity has to show up in your life if you're a believer. And one key way that it shows up in your life is through how you interact with authority. Whether it's God in the, in the scripture or your parents or your friend's parents. And I want to remind you Jesus obeyed perfectly for you. He did. He obeyed perfectly for you. So that if you wanted to, if you could have but faith in him and in what he did on the cross, you can be saved. You can actually have new life in Christ. And what that means is if you never obey again, that's, you're still saved. But what that means for everyone is that if you are saved, your life looks different. It changes. Maybe not all at once, not all one day, but it all of a sudden means I want to look differently because of my Savior. I want to obey God better. I want to respect my parents more fully. I want, I want to listen and submit to authority well because I can reflect Christ when I do that. Some of you do a great job at this and I am encouraged as I watch you interact with your parents and interact with your leaders and you are not perfect, but I see you living for Christ well and it's encouraging. But some of you aren't willing to think about, am I supposed to look any differently if I'm a Christian? Or if you're willing to think about it, you're actually not willing to do anything about it. And that's why we talk about these things. It's going to be good. It's going to be helpful. It's good for me already as I'm thinking about it. I'm already seeing some things that I need to work through and grow in. But authority is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. We got to function out of the way God defined it. And then when we see bad uses of it, we can label them as bad uses of authority. But authority isn't bad. All right, let me pray for you guys. God, I pray that you'd help me and help us just over the next couple of weeks as we just think about authority in our life, that you would help us to have joy as we think about all the great ways that you've used authority in our life all the great ways that you've taken care of us, all the great ways that you have shown us the gospel through people. God, would you help our groups tonight just to have some good conversation? May this be a place where we're okay with kind of talking about the ways that we're 
struggling in the ways that we're not okay. But God, I don't ever want this place to be a place that we are just, I don't know, just okay with not changing. I pray that we are never a place like that. God, show us your mercy, show us your grace. As we think about authority, remind us daily, Jesus, that you obeyed perfectly for us because we could never do that. Jesus, we love you and thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.